series um, entitled Eternal Judgment. And Eternal Judgment is one of the six um, foundational doctrines taught to us in the book of Hebrews, and that is the six foundational doctrines to the Christian faith. And uh, the text verse that we use for that particular uh, series of teachings is in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. The scripture says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And so these are the six foundational doctrines that are revealed to us in this passage of Scripture. And because they are foundational in context, what the writer of the book of Hebrews is saying to us is that this, in fact, is the milk of God's Word. And so these particular doctrines um, should be taught to all uh, newborn believers. Everybody that comes into the body of Christ, they should be taught these six foundational doctrines, have a full understanding of these doctrines, and thus be able to uh, carry on with the Christian walk based on these foundations. And so we're looking at the sixth um, of those doctrines into, in the series of this teaching, which is the doctrine of eternal judgment. Now there are two uh, judgments, eternal judgments, that will take place at the end of the age. The first eternal judgment is the, the judgment of the saints, the Lord's people. You know, all born-again believers. That's talking about all who were born again, even the Old Testament saints who are currently born again. Um, all of this Lord saints up until the end of the age. That is the first judgment that will take place. And we'll have a look at when that will take place. There is a second judgment that will also take place at the end of the age, and that is the judgment that all unbelievers will incur. And so Scripture is very clear to us on the issue that there are two eternal judgments that will take place. The first one is the judgment that the, the church enters into with their Lord Jesus. And then the second judgment is the judgment of the unbelievers. And we'll deal with that in more detail as we get into it. And so in today's uh, teaching, there's certain areas we want to look at. We want to look at uh, the fact that the saints will not be uh, incur the judgment of uh, condemnation. We want to look at the fact that the saints, in fact, will be judged and what the scripture says on that. The fact that our past life will not be judged. Uh, the fact that we should be taking our eternal judgment seriously. Um, no judgment has taken place yet. And just when the judgment of the saints will, in fact, take place. So the first section we want to look at in today's teaching is the fact that uh, the saints will not enter into a judgment of condemnation. Our Lord Jesus, when he was on the earth, uh, spoke about um, two judgments, can't you really? He spoke about those who have been raised um, to the judgment of eternal Well, He says raised to eternal life, and then he says those who are raised to condemnation. So it, 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 he calls the second resurrection a resurrection of condemnation, because that is their judgment. But with regards to the saints, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 24, the scripture says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. And so if we just look at that passage of scripture on its own in isolation, 
we say, Lord, there's no judgment for your saints because you have said that um, he who believes in him shall not come into judgment, uh, but has passed from death into life. And so but our Lord does qualify. He says that they have passed from death into life. And so when our Lord says that uh, his saints will not come into judgment, he's talking specifically about the judgment of condemnation. That is the judgment that all unbelievers will incur at the end of the age. But with regards to the Lord's saints, those who are born again, they have passed from death into life, and so they will not ever be judged for their salvation. So the, the doctrine of once saved, always saved is partly true, because once you come into the kingdom of God, you pass from death into life, and you will not be judged for, uh, incur the, the judgment of condemnation after that. However, we have, uh, I've mentioned in the idea of a series about the fact uh, that there is such a thing as, a sin, as the sin to death. And so Christians can once again lose their salvation. So the doctrine of not uh, once saved, always saved is not entirely true because it is possible for the person to lose their salvation. But for the saint who endures to the end, in other words, they come into the kingdom of God, they're born again, and they die still a disciple of the Lord. For that saint, there is no judgment of condemnation. They have passed from death into life, and they remain the Lord's saints. There is going to be a judgment that they will incur, but it's not going to be the judgment of condemnation. Um, in John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 16 and 18, our Lord speaking about the subject, He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so, um, all believers... Um, the moment that we accept Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior, well, that's it. We have now been redeemed from the judgment of condemnation because we have passed from death into life. And so no uh, Christians are destined for that judgment day unless, as I say, they fall away from following after the Lord during their lifetime. But for all saints who, when they leave this planet, are still disciples of the Lord. They have not denied Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They continue to serve Him faithfully. They remain in His kingdom, and they will never incur the judgment of condemnation because we pass from death into life. And so um, there are the two judgments in Scripture. There's the, the judgment of the saints, and then there's the judgment of the unbelievers. That, that judgment of the unbelievers is called the judgment of con condemnation. I've already spoke about that. Resurrection of condemnation. Um, Anti-condemnation, shall I say. And so Christians will not ever be exposed to that judgment. The moment we're born again, we're excluded from that judgment. But the saints will be judged. We as believers will have to give an account of ourselves to our Lord Jesus Christ on our day of judgment. And we'll pick up a few scriptures along that line to just reinforce the truth that all Christians will be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ on a certain day where we will have to give an account to Him of our lives that we've lived before Him in the earth. And the first scripture we can look at is in Romans chapter 14, 
verse 10 to 12. Uh, the Apostle Paul, all the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul writing to the church, he says, But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us shall give account of himself to God. And so the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to Christians, to believers. And so when he says, why do you judge your brother? He's talking about one believer judging another believer in context if you read the passage. He says, because we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So that's talking about Christians. Christians will be, on, on our day of judgment, we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And in verse 12, we shall give each one an account of himself to God. And so we will stand on our own before Christ on that day. And we will have to give an account of our lives to our Lord Jesus Christ on that day. Now, there's no condemnation that will be experienced by the saint on that day. We'll get, get into the detail of what our judgment entails. But the point is, is very clearly that every saint will, on the day of judgment, the, 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 the first judgment that will be incurred, because we'll have a look at it as well. The second judgment, our Lord Jesus Christ is not the one who judges. It is, in fact, the saints who will judge the world. We'll look at that. But in this case, the saints themselves stand before Jesus Christ. And they, on their own, have to give an account to Him for the lives that they have lived before Him. And so it kind of gives us an idea of the time period that we give an account for. It is for that time period that we were in His kingdom. And so we will, each one of us, have to give an account of ourselves to our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, it's a very serious issue to stand before the Creator of the universe, your own Creator, your Maker, and have to give an account of yourself uh, before Him as to how you conducted your life in, in, on this earth. And so that's just the one scripture that just reinforces the truth to us that we will each one of us Christians stand before Jesus and give an account for of ourselves on that day. The Apostle James speaks about the same subject um, when he speaks in this wise. James chapter 2 verse 12 and 13. He says, So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And so, very clearly, the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle James, writing to the church here, says that we must so speak and so do. So that he's talking about what we speak, how we conduct our lives in the earth. The way that we conduct our lives, what we say, we must have this mindset. So speak and so do. In what mindset, James? As those who will be judged. Now again, this letter is written to Christians. It's not written to the unbelievers. And so the Christians will be judged. There's coming a day when every single believer will stand on their own before Christ and have to give an account of their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and this, he, he gives us a bit of insight as to how our lives will be judged on that day. For he says, so speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. Now the law of liberty is the word of God. And so we will be judged, our lives will be judged according to the word of God. 
Um, Jesus, when he was on the earth, also mentioned that. He said, my words will judge you on that day. And so the word that our Lord speaks to us through his, his Bible, and uh, as we hear it taught uh, through this avenue, and uh, when we uh, hear through other ministers teaching about the, the word of God, um, because we have been exposed to God's word, God will now judge us against that word. So when he says to his saints, my, I command you, a new commandment I give unto you, let you love one another, even as I have loved you. Well, now when we stand before Christ on that day, our lives will be examined in the light of that word. I commanded you, Saint Michael, I commanded you to love your, bre your brethren, even as I loved you. So now let's have a look at how your life compares to the way I commanded you to, to live. And that's what our lives will be benchmarked against. Because we, the scripture is very plain, we will be judged by the law of liberty. The word of God will be our judge. So Jesus is not going to, when we stand before him on that day, come up with something and say, Oh Lord, I didn't even know that. No, that won't be the case. Because the Lord will, will very clearly, yeah, we must understand, God's able to do this and he will do it. He will show us, there's my word, you were standing there, you listened to it, you understood what I said to you, now what did you do with what I said to you? And let's now see, Mike, how you actually lived out your life. And it will be played out. And where I was obedient, my Lord will commend. But where I was disobedient, there's going to be a price to be paid. No condemnation. Our salvation is assured. We're in Christ. We have passed from death to life. So, Christian, we need to get that aspect of it right. There are a lot of false um, visions and teachings out there that Christians on their day of judgment, uh, will then, it will be decided whether they get to stay in heaven or whether they go down to hell or something like that. That is absolute rubbish. That's not the Bible. The Christian's salvation is assured. They will spend eternity with Christ, with God the Father. But we will have to give an account of our lives for our eternal rewards going forward and the loss thereof. There's a penalty that will have to be paid for those who do, do not obey the word of God that is spoken to them in this life. Because he goes on to say in verse 13, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And so on the saints' day of judgment, mercy is going to be required. Because by and large, you know, when we, if you really th look at your life, and you look at the perfect law of liberty, and you benchmark your life against the perfect law of liberty, just take the commandment of love for argument's sake, and think to yourself, how often have I transgressed that commandment of God and not walked in love toward my brothers and sisters in Christ and towards others? And so um, we're going to be needing the mercy of God because it'll be, it'll be highlighted to us very plainly on that day. Heaven already knows our, our, our lives. Um, because everything we do, everything we say, is recorded in the books. Nothing gets lost. Nothing gets lost. And so, heaven already knows. We don't know, because we, tend to, we say things, we do things, we forget about things. Heaven doesn't. Everything gets recorded. It, you know, things do get blotted out of the books. We're going to touch on that as we get into the series. But the point is, is that when the saint stands before the Lord on that day, Mercy will be required because the saint would have transgressed on so many occasions that we will need, we will cry out for mercy, and the Lord is merciful. That's why He says, "Mercy 
triumphs over judgment. So the Lord will forgive on that day, but nevertheless, there will be an eternal price to pay. And we'll touch on that as we get into it. And so we're just laying the groundwork currently in the, the fact that the Christians are going to incur a day of judgment. And we will stand before Jesus, and he, that judgment will be completely impartial. God is not unjust, um, He has no favorites. So it's not a case of, well, no, I, we're just going to forget about that. Everything will be brought to an account. We have to give an account of everything to God. Another passage of scripture we can look at in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 to 11. The Apostle Paul writing to the, the church again, to Christians, and he says, Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, talking about our Lord Jesus. For we must all, Christian, appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God, and our also trust are well known in your consciences. And so here the Apostle Paul, or the Holy Spirit again through the Apostle Paul, gives us a little bit more insight into this judgment that we will incur at the end of the age. We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, why are we going to be judged? So that we may receive the things done in the body. So it, what will be judged on that day is what we have done on the earth. And that's another important truth we need to understand. That when Christians leave this life to be, he says, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, he's talking about present in the flesh on the earth or absent from the body in heaven with Christ. And so when Christians leave this earth, there's no more that they will be held accountable for. There's no more judgment to be incurred. We will only be judged for that which we have done while in the body, this physical body that we live in. Translated means while we're on this earth. So it gives us an idea that when Christians die, to depart from, for me to uh, die, to be with, <laughs> for me to die is to be with Christ, is pretty much what Paul is saying. So when, when a Christian dies, they depart and, they, and they're with the Lord yeah, straight away. And so, when a Christian ascends into heaven after they have died physically, their time of judgment, what they will be assessed for, ends. They will not be assessed for anything after that. Christians are only assessed for that which they do while we're in this physical body. Very important concept to learn. Because again, there's strange teachings out there that Christians are still working in heaven and they are going to have to, they will receive rewards for all the work they do in heaven and that's not true. We will give an account for the things that we've done in the body and we will receive. Now he's very clear about that. He says, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Because Christians don't only do good things, Christians do bad things as well. And so there's going to be... Um, a, a penalty to be incurred for the bad things that the Christians do. There's going to be a reward to be received for the good things that the Christians do. Now the penalty to be incurred is, does not involve loss of salvation. Our salvation is decided in this life. And once we leave this earth still disciples of the Lord, well that's it. We have passed from death into life. We will not experience the judgment of condemnation. So that we have to be very clear about as well. But again, 
and then he goes on in verse 11, kind of just putting out the warning sign to the Christian. He says, knowing therefore the love of God, we persuade men. He actually doesn't say that. He says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And so in context around this judgment that the Christian will incur, um, you know, it, it, there's going to be um, some pain. The Apostle James mentions the fact that mercy will be required on our day of judgment. Because a, a lot of Christians in this life do not live a very godly lifestyle. And so there's going to be a lot of pain incurred on that day. The pain I'm not going to elaborate on at this time, and that's just a term I use, but it's there's going to be a, a lot of uncomfortableness with Christians standing before the Lord Jesus because our lives are going to be portrayed to us exactly as they played out with our intentions, with all of those hidden thoughts that we, we thought nobody was listening. We, you know, we were had these good thoughts towards brothers and sisters in Christ, or we had these evil thoughts. Those thoughts will be displayed against the Word of God. Our Lord said, "We will be his, my, my words will judge you on that day. And so, um, it's, a, it's, it's a sobering thing. This, this doctrine is a very sobering doctrine. It is something that is not taught very plainly in the church. I don't understand why, because it is one of the foundation doctrines to the Christian faith. And so all Christians should have a very clear understanding of this doctrine. Because it is so serious. Think about it. We are being judged by God himself on our own. It's not going to be no lawyer standing with you. It's not a case of God the Father judging us and Jesus our advocate at our right hand asking the Father for mercy. That happens while we're on the earth. No, because this judgment is the saint standing before Christ, Jesus. God the Father is not involved with this judgment. This is Jesus the Son. And we will give an account to Jesus the Son for that which we have done in the body, whether good or bad. And then as I say, he goes on to say, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And so we do need to be uh, taking this, this eternal judgment very, very seriously. And so we, we've, we've seen kind of where the judgment ends. Our judgment period ends when we leave this earth, when we die physically. Then when there's, there's nothing more to be judged because now we enter into a perfect environment in heaven. We are living perfectly. The flesh has been done away with. Satan and his angels aren't there anymore. No demons around. We're living in a perfect environment and we are perfect before God. And so there's no more judgment to be incurred um, after that. Um, so that's where our, our lives will, of what we will give an account for ends. That's up to that point. The beginning point of our judgment is when we're born again. Nothing before that will be brought to account on our day of judgment. Romans chapter 6 verse 8 says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with Him. And so when we come into Christ Jesus, our old man dies. We're born again in our spirits. It's a, it's a new spirit that is born of God. And so that's the cutoff. So anything that took place before we were born again, no matter how good a life we led, or no matter how bad a life we led, wicked a life we led, heaven doesn't acknowledge that life anymore. 
that old man died and as far as heaven's records are concerned that person doesn't exist and so Mike will not stand before Jesus on that day and give an account of his life before he was born again at age 22. From the age 22 when he was born again, that, it's from that day onwards until the time that Mike dies physically to go to be with the Lord, that's what gets, that's what gets recorded in the books in heaven. And I will give an account of that before the Lord Jesus Christ on that day. Everything that took place before I was born again, heaven has wiped out. There's no record of that in heaven. And so I don't give an account for that because that person died. That person is not going to be held to account. And I certainly won't be given an account of what that person did. That is not the Mike who's standing before you now and teaching the Word of God. Another scripture we can look at is Colossians chapter 2, 13 to 14. He says, And you, being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And so our past life and everything that we did is under the blood of Christ. And so it was nailed to the cross, and as I say, heaven, as far as heaven is concerned, because it's before Christ that we will stand to give an account of our lives. Jesus will not bring up anything that was done before we were saved. We will not, it just will not be um, featured. Even if we want to bring it up and say, Lord, what about what I did there? Jesus will say, there's no record of that. So can we move on with your judgment now, please? <laughs> and so there's going to be absolutely nothing that we will give an account for of anything that transpired in, in, our, in our life prior to that. Think about the guy who died on the cross alongside our Lord Jesus Christ. He died and he went straight to heaven. But he was born again on the cross. And so what he will be judged for on his day of judgment is what he did in that time when Jesus said, this day you will be with me in paradise. From then until that he died. And he did not too much longer than after that, a couple of hours after that. And so he will be judged for his thoughts that he had in that time period and whatever words he might have uttered in that time period. But that's all he will be held accountable for. Now, he went to the cross as a criminal, as a murderer, most probably. And so he probably lived a pretty, because he said, you know, guys, speaking to the other guy who was on the cross, he said, we are here justifiably because of what we've done. This man is innocent. And so he must probably lived a very wicked life. But even though, right up until the day he died, um, he'd been completely wicked all through his life, he would not give an account for any of that on his day of judgment before the Lord Jesus. He would only account from the time he was born again until he expired a couple of hours later. So that's how this concept works. From the time we're born again until the time we die, physically, that's what we will be held to account for. Before we're born again, nothing. After we die physically, nothing. So it's just in that period that we will be judged for. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so, very clearly, um, that old man is gone. And so, heaven doesn't acknowledge that old man. We're in Christ, and heaven is the one who decides. Jesus decides. 
That is, I say, you can even, on your day of judgment, try and bring something up that you did in your past life, and you'll get a blank stare. Jesus is going to say, can you move on with your judgment now? Because that's not that person. Not